super excited to be here uh, for the first ever, not first ever, I'll be honest, we had one Bandroom podcast live before, but this is the first of this series, uh, which is very exciting. Um, um, so this is a, a new little series that uh, I'm doing uh, to, so I can get you some more people to hear from, people that uh, I've worked with people that are my friends and colleagues, and ultimately people I just greatly admire and look up to and, and respect. Um, and I'm very excited for this first ever Bandroom Live, we'll say, to have uh, Christian Overton here uh, to speak with us uh, and just so we can learn a little bit more him and especially about this super cool initiative that he has um, that can help a lot of our listeners who are music teachers. Um, so welcome. Thank you. The, 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 the live uh, podcast. Thank you. Well, it's great being here. I've heard a lot about the podcast and a lot about Dylan Maddox. Oh, wow. You've never listened to this. Don't, don't, don't fool us. Don't I know you. Us. I've heard it. Yeah. Uh, you know it for this. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, great. And, oh, the other thing I wanted to mention is that uh, at any point, he says confidently not really having his uh, screen up. Um, if you have any questions for us, please feel free to leave that in the comment section and at the end we'll try to answer so uh especially for Christ christian um you can email me at any time but this is the one time you'll have him here right here uh yeah live so uh, a lot of our listeners probably know about you especially because we have a, a, a large amount of listeners in ontario but for those of uh you that don't could you would you mind telling a little bit about yourself christian Sure. Uh, me, Christian Overton, born at a young age. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I was originally born in North Bay, Ontario, but I grew up in Sudbury. I uh, went to uh, some great music, public music programs, um, Robert Jack Elementary School, which is not around anymore, and LaSalle Secondary School, uh, really strong uh, public school music programs at the time. Um, which was really great. I mean, there was grade 13 at the time, so it was even an extra year of seniors for everyone to be, you know, extra experienced and awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, the Northern Ontario Band Festival was a big part of me, my uh, uh, growing up, my musical experiences growing up, of course. And they used to have you know, trophies for winners and stuff like that. And a lot of the great Canadian uh, musicians, especially from Toronto, would come up and adjudicate. So I got to meet some of my... Canadian heroes and stuff, even uh, at a young age. But Sudbury had a, and still does, have like a really good small uh, music community that's really nurturing to a lot of young students there. So um, I'm very thankful to have met a lot of the great teachers and uh, uh, local musicians in Sudbury that helped me get going. Moved to Toronto in 2001, went to Humber College to study trombone with the great Alistair Kay. Yeah. And I studied with him for all four years. Also did a bunch of uh, uh, arranging and composition study as well. Um, you know, learned how to do a, be a studio trombonist. Um, and then uh, I started the workforce as a uh, freelance trombone player slash forklift driver. Wow. Yeah. Really? I, yeah. I was oh. a forklift driver for three years by day, trombonist by night. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, so I have extra skills. I, yeah, do. I don't know. If, yeah. it's, it's not like it's not terribly sexy. I don't know if it'll sell, but you're yeah. sitting up, you know, thinking about other things you want to do. But the good thing about it was, you know, I had enough energy to come home and practice. Right. And, you know, 
um, keep my music thing going. Then uh, three or four years after that, I uh, did my master's at U of T um, under Terry Cromaine, and I uh, studied with Kelsley Grant um, on trombone, but I also did a lot of composition stuff with Michael Acapinti and with uh, Andrew Downing and with uh, Gary Kulesha as well. So that was uh, a big part of my sort of compositional coming to maturity. Right. Uh, and, uh, and then after that, you know, I kept, went back into the world minus the forklifting. Yeah. And uh, continued, continued, the, uh, continued the great fight, so to speak. Right. Freelance trombonist, composer, arranger guy. Wonderful. And uh, yeah, and that's it's, it, the reason I, the main reason I wanted to ask this is because every, I, I currently live in Sudbury and I'm actually in my office at the school I teach at, Cambrian College, right now. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to be, but you know, <laughs> security might knock on the door and totally and live streamed. Um, but yeah, I remember as, like, as soon as I got here and started meeting the music community, it, it didn't take very long for me to hear about Christian Overton. And <laughs> you are like, you're, a, you are very famous up here <laughs> and loved and it's, it's really great. Yeah. Hometown boy. So yeah, so it, it's been it's been basically any gig I go to, I, I at some point you will hear about you. Maybe it's from Charlotte Leonard, maybe it's from Jack Brompton, maybe it's from someone like that. But yeah, all well, the things you hear, okay, not, <laughs> all, not all those stories are true. I swear. Yeah, and um, and you were talking about uh, being a freelancer, which we'll we'll talk about. But um, I, I guess a big part of your career, especially now with uh you know being in this new covid world is composition so i was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about um when when composition took such a big role in your life and maybe its role now and, sure and like, um, when did uh, you start too i started uh, when i was at humber college i mean when i was in high school i would start i had a you know jazz combo that i thought uh you know we could try out new things on and i would try writing some tunes for that um, they weren't great, okay? They weren't. But then when I got to Humber College, started, you know, studying um, a lot. I took arranging classes with Dave Stilwell and with John Cloud. And uh, it really kind of got sparked. Uh, I found that I could do them quickly, and people liked to play my arrangements and compositions. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I should, you know, keep doing it. And, you know, it's kind of a microcosm of, Humber was kind of a microcosm of the real freelance scene in that, Everybody had to do solo performance classes and that kind of thing. And we all needed to, you know, have charts and arrangements for those things. So I would, you know, volunteer to do them. I also was in a bunch of ensembles. Being a trombone player, unlike the real world, you're in serious demand in school. Uh, <laughs> you need to fill up all these ensembles with trombones. So I, got, I decided I would write something for every ensemble that I was in. So every year I would just write one chart, either original composition or arrangement. And then I was studying with John McLeod in my last year, and I was kind of like, well, I have all these, you know, big band writing shops. What am I supposed to do now? Mm. And he's like, well, why don't you start your own band? I thought that was the worst idea. I ever 17, 17 people all the time writing for these people. How am I supposed to get like a gig's worth of charts? This is a stupid idea. Anyways, I did it. I decided maybe, you know, I'm going to use these skills. So I decided to start a weekly rehearsal band called the Composers Collective Big Band. And I would play all my stuff that I brought in, but also a bunch of other local writers that were my friends. And we all, it was a writer's workshop. So we brought in stuff 
and I could hear, you know, oh, well, I guess you shouldn't write that for clarinet. Um, you know, I get the feedback instantly right. by my own ears or by the frowns of the people in front of me. <laughs> so I was doing that um, for a bunch of years and got, it really got my name around as, uh, first of all, as a composer and arranger because I had to know every horn player in town that was my age because I needed subs for rehearsal right. every week, you know, trying to fill 17 spots every single week was, uh, you know, was a feat in itself. So I would call up, you know, tons of people to try to get to sit in the band and then they would sit in the band and hear my stuff and other people's stuff. And then it kind of became uh, more of a career in that um, I ended up writing a lot of charts for bands I was in, you know, wedding bands and et cetera. Um, so we could play anything off the radio. I would lift it and have it go to the works then. Um, which brings me to, of course, um, the publishing thing, which is probably what most of your fans would know me as, mm -hmm. um, which is Klobuchar Music Publishing. So I decided if I was going to write all these big band shirts, uh, you know, why not have them up on the internet for sale? And I was also thinking, okay, who's going to be buying these charts, you know, professional levels, but also a lot of schools as well. And I remember being in high school thinking, um, you know, how much Canadian music did we play in, in school? I mean, we had a couple, we had a Dave McMurdo arrangement that we played that was really great. And, you know, we knew of the Boss Brass and that kind of thing, you know. Um, I knew of some Canadian musicians, but the idea of, you know, having Canadian content in the classroom for students to play and, you know, they could go online and find these people. These people have, have careers that are out there, they're doing stuff. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just seeing if I was in a uh, high school band and I saw that, hey, this guy is actually writing music that's for my level, I can maybe do this as a career. So right. that's kind of where the whole Clovertone music thing um, started as well. And then it expanded to a bunch of right. um, publishing other people's stuff, not just mine. Yeah, which is great. A little collective there. Um, yeah. And one thing I, I really, really want to draw just attention to, especially now the the kind of the case that some of us find ourselves in uh mm -hmm. teaching band teaching jazz band is just yeah. the the sheer uh, maybe you have a very strange instrumentation i know like a lot of our listeners in the states um they can actually kind of do band in small numbers and even across canada uh we can also yeah. do that so uh and with clovertone music there's actually uh, say if you have an oboe that you have in your big band, um, yeah. you can write to Christian and he can uh, be flex he can write you a flexible chart for that and, and help out, which is a super handy thing, especially right now. Yeah, thanks. So the yeah, the idea is rather than having the Hal Leonard, you know, flex yeah. chart that they've been trying to do, which is, you know, just tons of doubling and three, you know, three voices or or whatever happens to me. I decided to try to, you know, do it customized for your band. So you buy the chart and then, you know, with an extra small fee, I fix it for you. Mm -hmm. And it's something that the big publishers are just not able to do logistically. And it's something that, you know, after adjudicating festivals and, you know, knowing many music teachers along my path, you know, especially in uh, Ontario, there's just not a ton of full big band programs right yeah but they can still play great music and if they want to play great canadian music you know we can adjust it for them and that way you get all your kids that want to play oboe or your tuba yeah. kids or your french horn kids you know they can be playing jazz band stuff i've had people um actually want to do their jazz band material but with a full concert band mm. just with rhythm section as well kind of thing so, you know, the idea is, especially if you have a concert band, but you don't have a jazz band, or you 
want to teach them some jazz, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's been, and it's been, uh, you know, uh, I've had a lot of great feedback from teachers as far as being able to make successful programs out of these, you know, customized charts that can help them. That's great. And like, I've seen video of horn players at the Rex. It's a real thing. It happens. So, <laughs> it happens. So, you know, it's really great. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, and then separate from the composition part, which is a huge part of uh, yeah. your, your freelance career, it, you are very busy as a freelancer. And, you know, this, well, not this time last year, but around this time last year, both of, we were together uh, yeah. at a band retreat. Um, yeah. You were doing jazz band. I was doing the concert band. And, you know, all of that work is now gone. So, <laughs> so I was wondering how, uh, as a, as a free, I know, it's like, <laughs> rip it out. Um, as a freelancer, what, what have you been doing to keep yourself busy and maybe like pivot a little? A lot. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> well, that's exactly right. I mean, so for those of us who are primarily performers, um, it's really, uh, I really haven't done a regular gig since, you know, the beginning of March. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm not the kind of person to just, you know, sit around and try to, uh, you know, wait it out. So I decided to try to use uh, some of my other compositional skills to try to write some music. I was, you know, applying for lots of things, composer, competition type stuff, using my time to practice. But also, um, like many others that you see uh, all around us on Facebook. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That are, I, I did a bunch of uh, uh, multi-track videos and that kind of thing as well. Um, and you got, you know, I had some mixing skills beforehand because for all the Clovertrain music stuff, we recorded and then I mixed them, okay. um, for example, recording. So I had a little bit of skills uh, involved in that. But then um, I had some other friends who were trying to get some recording projects happening because they were more free and the musicians they wanted were more free. So I ended up um, really honing a lot of my... Um, production skills as well. So people would, you know, I would take individual recordings from a bunch of people and then I would mix them in Pro Tools. Um, and then for my own stuff, I was doing my own original compositions. You know, we, I don't have as much time uh, to be composing uh, for my own stuff um, as I would like to in the normal world. Um, so I was kind of taking advantage of that. I wrote a suite of music based on, you know, my uh, um, pandemic um, struggles and uh, also, you know, the funny things that I've noticed during the pandemic. And I decided to multi-track multi it all as well. So learning the skills of being able to mix audio and then be able to um, do the video as well right. um, was another skill I just didn't have before this. And now I do have because I've had the t a chance to do it and sort of pivot into this kind of thing. And they've been well received, which is great. Learning new skills, honing my other skills. Um, as well. And now that the school year started, I'm kind of uh, doing some, uh, some teaching and stuff is, is happening uh, again. But I've really tried to take advantage of the time um, away from the, the live gig. Right. <laughs> Self-improvement. This is good. This is good. right. Yeah, especially for me. Yeah. <laughs> especially for me. Uh, great. And I mean, and one of the things that has brought me an immense amount of joy is when I go on Facebook and see one of your new multi-track videos. It's just oh, so good. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's really great. Um, so if you haven't checked those out, please check them out. And the next, yeah, on Facebook. Uh, and we'll, I'll post all the links for, for everything that we're talking about um, on the podcast website, because we'll make a little page for this once it's all great. cleaned up and all that stuff. Um, but 
um, that kind of ties into uh, the main reason I wanted you to be here and you wanted to be here is to talk about this super cool new initiative. Um, I know even personally speaking, um, a lot of those skills that you talked about uh, are something that I don't have and I don't actually have the time to have um, and I know there's a lot of other music teachers out there who are in a similar situation you know we've been thrust into this new world of technology and it's just like you're swimming in a pool and someone throws you the computer and then you just sink so uh, yes. so you've, you've come up with a way to help us all uh, so would you mind talking about this super cool um, musicians helping music teachers initiative yeah so uh, I decided after talking to enough of my music teacher friends um, that of course it's no news to them that this is one of the most you know challenging years different years certainly the most different year they've ever had and challenging in terms of um, really trying to learn on the fly I mean in the springtime I had a bit of a, a taste of it trying to figure out how they were going to do these things and now um, you know it's starting starting in September um, I'm sure one of the, many of them their uh, heads are spinning already and we're into you know, the second week of school. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, um, of course, it's not news to them that there's just such a demand on them and they need to figure these things out. So I decided to come up with a bunch of services um, to try to help out my music teacher friends while at the same time, um, us performing musicians, we have the skills that we can help and not a lot of work and a lot of time, more time than we've ever had. So I thought maybe this is a way we could have a win-win situation. So I came up with a bunch of services to try to help uh, music teachers out. Um, one of them being like creating backing tracks. So if you want to play um, your concert band material or whatever the material happens to be, or if they're deciding to have your groups and trios, they can't play together, right? But they can play to a backing track instead. So the idea is uh, putting in some of your, you know, send me a score of whatever arrangement you want to do, and I create a backing track. The kids can practice along to that. Some of the teachers that I've been talking to have actually done videos of themselves conducting to a backing track and then have full band rehearsals. Um, the kids can't play together, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone's, everyone's muted and sounding amazing because it's all perfectly in tune. Um, but the idea is that the kids can actually be part of a semi like live rehearsal right. um, with these kind of backing tracks. Also, um, talking about replacing some live shows that can't happen. You know, you want to do a Christmas concert, spring concert, festival kind of season. Um, that's really not in the cards this year. So I decided to offer some of my and my colleagues um, mixing and video creation skills. So rather than having you know, your Christmas concert at the end of the year, we can put together um, one of these uh, multi-track videos. So you can show, of course, the resiliency of your music program to not only to your own bosses who are wondering how, what the heck you're doing there, and to, well, the teacher's parents um, as well, to let them know that your program is still thriving um, and that things are still happening. Mm -hmm. Um, because I have the access to all the Clovertone music stuff, I decided to make some of it available to help kids learn some of the technology um, as well. So some teachers that I've been talking to have like a two and a half hour block in the morning and they have to, without instruments, somehow come up with stuff. Um, and a lot of them are turning to technology. I know um, a lot of the uh, uh, private schools and that kind of thing have every 
you know, kid has access to devices with technology on it. Um, and, you know, some other kids are just wanting to learn about it, even if they can't necessarily do it live with the teacher, but they can still learn about the whole mixing process. Because as much as we're really focused in the band program about, you know, playing really well, performing really well, um, and reading music really well, um, the next stage of actually recording what happens after it goes into a microphone. How does it come out as a CD, right? right. Most kids have no idea. Um, so you can use that um, to look at music in a different way. So I have all the, um, I have three different charts available. Um, and what teachers can do is they can download the, uh, the Clovertone music chart as well as all the stems. So the recording stems, for those of you uh, who don't know, it's like the, you know, the trumpet one microphone for the entire length of the piece, the trumpet two microphone. So you get all 25 stems, all the 25 different microphones. And then what the students can do, um, or the teacher can present, um, is how to start with that and mix. And the lessons like, okay, who has the melody here? Let's look at bar eight. Who has the melody? Oh, the trumpets have the melody. So we're going to want them in front volume-wise. You can push them in front. And then things like panning, of course, if you're in front of the class, you know, we're, our ears are in listening in stereo. So which way, where are we going to hear the trombones? Where are we going to hear the other instruments? So that comes out of, uh, you know, music production as panning. Also things like reverb and all that stuff. So what the kids can learn is how to mix and how to think about music in a different way while they're still looking at the sheet music. If they want to replace that trumpet part, they can mute that trumpet one part and then play it themselves with the professional recordings. If they want to do their own solos, they can do that um, as well. So the idea is being able to learn how to mix but also be able to bring together that sight reading, that performance skills um, that we talked about and the technology skills, kind of put them together. Um, another thing I was uh, uh, talking about is, of course, just trying to get some of these clinics and master classes and lessons and all the stuff that we love to do as professional musicians going into schools, working with bands, um, working with beginners, getting them a good sound, doing lessons with you know kids that are uh, interested in, or whose parents forced them to do lessons. <laughs> and it's really about you know trying to get some of these things in there. And now we can do a lot of those things over Zoom. Yep. And because I've teamed up with um, a group called The Band-Aids, um, which is led by Klaus Anselm and Mike Wark, and they've been, for those uh, teachers who are in the GTA, they probably have heard of them, they've been doing clinics and organizing a lot of private lesson programs in Toronto for many years. So I've teamed up with them to try to get the same kind of thing happening over Zoom. So I know a lot of teachers trying to get, you know, let's have put the clarinet together, you know, over <laughs> Zoom, and they're just like, oh, you know, especially if they're not a clarinet player how to get all these kids started, you know, an entire band of beginners. So, you know, the, uh, the idea of having pros come in and do master classes on how do we put it together, how do we make a sound, that kind of thing, is all available, uh, is all available now. We're musicians that, uh, you know, we have the time to do it and we have the skills. Luckily, I have access to a lot of fellow musicians who are able to still share their skills as well. Right. And the only the last um, service that I was talking about um, is uh, trying to get a virtual music festival going. And I know some of the other local festivals and that are, are leaning towards this um, in the spring springtime. But the idea of uh, not necessarily doing a live performance, because the idea of that um, may not be possible in the springtime, yeah. but the idea of being able to send in a band recording and still have uh, an adjudicator either do a Zoom thing with your band um, adjudicating the recording 
or have written adjudication, just like they would at a regular music festival. And not just limiting this, because um, you know we've had so many, the idea of just doing a full concert band is just not gonna be possible for a lot of programs, but mm-hmm. you know, if your kids are doing trios, or you know, even if they've got some crazy thing that they've done on GarageBand, yeah. we can get adjudicated by professional musicians and people from the audio industry, audio engineers. So it's kind of uh, um, something that we're thinking about for the springtime. So stay tuned, everyone. Stay tuned. <laughs> awesome. I was at the It was a Man. long time. Sell, sell, sell. No, no it was perfect. Um, but it's, it is really a, a great thing to see, um, you know, you're helping musicians, of course, as you say in your title, right. also music teachers. But just the things that you're mentioning that, that students are going to be able to learn from, from working with you and your colleagues and friends. Uh, is great a lot of these like you're saying a lot of these technology skills aren't necessarily maybe we don't have time to teach them um, and we learn them on our own after we leave school or those things and and i think out of any year that we now appreciate those skills it's this year Um, i know i have for sure and i just want to here we go grandpa maddox for the win will it work i'm going to share my screen on all right. So I think this yes. should be showing, but this is uh, Christian's website, and I'm just going to go to the musicians helping music teachers section just so you can see all of it. Yeah, there's, there's just so much stuff here that can be a help to uh, to your program. And a lot of learn more buttons because yeah. uh, I didn't want the main page to be so cluttered. But um, and of course, there's lots of contact buttons as well. Talk to me. Talk to me. Don't be afraid. I'm a nice guy, right? You've seen him here. Look at that smile. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I just showed the website, but if, if people want to get in touch, of, in touch with you, where, where can they do that? So from the website, there's a contact page and you can fill out your information and then send it, um, which sends an email directly to me. It doesn't go to any corporate overlords or anything like that. It'll go right to me and I'll get back to you <laughs> as instantaneously as possible. And, you know, if you'd rather set up a phone call or anything like that, we can certainly do that. Um, don't want to say my phone number over the internet, yeah, but yeah. you can send me an email. <laughs> That's it. Awesome. Well, oh, oh, oh I forgot to, is there any, does anyone have any questions? I feel like I'm teaching, which I've been doing all day, okay. but <laughs> I don't see any questions. So I all just right. want to well, thank you from the bottom of my heart for uh, being the first BRP live guest and telling us about you and all the wonderful things you're doing. So Thanks so much. Dylan, you're doing a great thing here with the podcast. Thank you. Bringing together music teachers and resources that they probably need now more than ever um, from me, but also from, you know, from other people. So you got a great thing going on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, man.